Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne. And we expect, Lord, good things today, always expecting good from your kingdom. And we thank you and we honor you. We bless you. We open our hearts and our minds, our ears to receive what you have for us today. This is our daily bread. And we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I thought we'd continue talking about the defiant demand of now faith. Amen. There is a defying that faith does to the natural realm. And we have to be up to the job. Amen. Because it it just is not natural. It's supernatural. It goes against what the natural grain is doing. Um, people like acceptance. They don't like trouble. They don't like uh, resistance. They don't like um, to be different. But then again, they don't like a lot of what they have. <laughs> so you got to make up your mind, you know, how you're going to tackle this. And... Um, my thinking is that anything that you're going to do and get success at, you have to make a one-time decision to do it. It's not judged on a case-by-case basis. Um, for instance, when you're married, you make a decision not to look at anybody else. You know, one time. You don't have to keep doing it over and over again. You know, you either you have to mean business with yourself. And it's that way about anything that you want in life. If if you are, are an athlete, you have to make up a decision to do what your coach tells you to do and your trainer tells you to do. You make it one time. You don't evaluate it. Case, well, he told me to do this and maybe I'm going to do that. That don't sound right. He had another thing he said. It worked out okay. You, uh-uh. You'll never get anywhere living like that. And believers have to understand that we are committed to the Lord already. You don't keep committing. You commit one time and that's it. Amen. It's like, you know, if, if, um, brother Ron, if you got up every morning and asked Vicki if she felt like being married to you today, you don't do that, do you? Cause you scared what she might say. No, I'm messing. Poppy, help me out here. I can't get an amen from the back corner. Y'all know better. Don't be asking her how she feeling today. Amen. <laughs> so we rely on commitment for a lot of things. Amen. And I think the better things come from a committed life. Faithfulness is its own reward. That's what God is going to judge us on at the end of our lives. It's not how many people came to your meeting, how many countries you visited, any of that you you can get a demerit from getting tired of getting up going to so many different countries and you just refuse to go one time and god will judge you unfaithful you see you never knew me see everybody wants points we don't we don't the kingdom is not a point system it's either yay and amen yes or no i'm i'm in it or i ain't in it see we all want to, you know, and then say nothing about the participation trophy people. Think you get something for just showing up. You better obey 100%. 
Jesus didn't just show up at the cross. He, them people beat him to death. For us. We need to let those things sink in sometimes because we're too concerned about ourselves most of the time. Instead of casting our cares upon God and say, God, what you got for me to do today? I trust you to take care of every single need I have. I'm not going to keep reminding you about nothing. I'm just going to thank you for it. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Let his praise continually be in my mouth. And expect him to meet needs, expect him to do miracles, expect him just to expect. Amen. That's our job, to believe and expect and to be obedient to what he tells us to do. Somebody somewhere needs something God has given you. And that's our job, to make sure it gets distributed. It's not your job to look out for you. You couldn't do it on a good day. I'm going to say it again. I think some people think they're taking care of themselves. You think they think they taking care of themselves, Poppy? Uh-huh. Yeah. You ain't taking care. You ain't take care of you since you said I do to Jesus. He's been taking care of everything. So all we have to do is just be cool. Lord, what would you have me do today? My day your, my day belongs to you. What would you have me do? And then you'll find out what living really is. You haven't lived till you serve God. Well, a few people believe it, you know. <laughs> it's never too late to start living. Amen. Remember, I don't know, some of you, Nola, you might remember that little elderly lady that gave her testimony at Roberts when we were in Lansing. It's been over 25 years ago. There was a woman that came up. She had, what would you guess, above 60s. She had to be close to in her 80s. And this woman, she kept going up and sharing little bits of her testimony with him during the intermissions. So he finally had her stand up and give her testimony. And uh, she had lived most of her life in a church, and she lived next door to the church, and she felt God called her to ministry, but the church would not recognize her. She said the church had a, a fire, and they asked her if she would, they salvaged some of the books from the, the pastor's study in the library. They asked her if they could store the books in her home until the church was rebuilt. And she said she started to study from those books. And she studied everything in those books, and they still would not ordain her or let her do any kind of ministry in that church. And over the years, she developed a bitterness that turned into cancer, and she died, and Jesus met her. See, absent from the body and they came face to face and he said she he set a sifter between him and her and he put all of her works through that sifter the only thing that didn't fall through the sifter was a little orphan boy that she had supported for years and he said all of your works 
avail you nothing except what you have done. He said, I said, if you do it for the least of them, you've done it unto me. And that was the one thing. And she begged him. She said, Lord, can you spare my life? If you give me life again, I will go back and be obedient to what you tell me to do. And he sent her to a home. And I think I might have met somebody who met that lady. That lady lived on that farm where she he he uh, she came back into her body and scared all the staff because they were rolling her down to the morgue. And they realized she was alive. And she told him she had to make a phone call. So she called a woman. Now, Shannon, you remember this? Okay, she called the woman that God told her to go stay. He said, I have a servant living in Michigan. She, he said, you will go and stay with her and do what she tells you to do, and I will heal you in that place. And she said this woman had a farm. This woman fasted. She said all the animals fasted. She said you can... You could hear the cows out there moaning, and she said they got nothing to eat. She said that woman prayed for me night and day. See, it, it's a good thing to pay attention to certain things. Because, see, we think certain things are for some people. They're for everybody. We just ain't up to the job. You can't just jump into that commitment of servanthood overnight. See, she had to be tested. That woman who was ministering had to be tested and get to that point, too. And see, it's a wonderful thing when God drops your name to somebody because he trusts you. That's a high honor in God's kingdom. See? And so she went there. She was on that farm. She said that woman prayed. She said in about the fourth day, I felt something begin to break. She said, and the Lord said, I want you now to forgive everybody that you've been angry with, that you felt held you back, held you down. And so she said, well, I forgive everybody. He said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, the Holy Ghost is going to bring them face by face before you. And he said, you hated them one by one. You're going to forgive them one by one. See, Christians don't like to hear this kind of stuff. But she said that she had been so sick with cancer, she hadn't had food in in months. She said, and milk always made her sick. She said, the first, the Lord told her, he said, I have told this woman what to feed you. And the first day, she said, she gave her raw milk, you know, just from from the cow. She said, I I couldn't believe I was going to swallow it. She said, I swallowed it. She said, it was like my insides start to get washed out. And she said after about four days, she, she, the Holy Spirit had dealt with her in forgiveness, forgiving all of those individuals. And the Lord told her, he said, you're not, he said, you're healed. He said, and you just wait for my next instruction. And this woman, I think she got sick. She had to have been in her fifties or sixties, you think? Well, she was an elderly lady when she got sick. And she, she told Robert, she said, I have been on the, the go preaching for the Lord ever since. She said, I've been to at least 30 or 40 countries. Supernaturally, God just provides and I go and I serve the people and I preach the gospel and I pray for the sick and God heals them. She had a wonderful ministry. See, but nothing's going to happen until we commit and we make sure we live for God. See, you can't be a grudge holder and, and 
looking after yourself all the time and think you're going to serve God too. It just won't happen. And so this woman, and, and she was so excited, and she was full of life and full of joy and energy and ready to go to the next place. But she wanted to let the people know that God is faithful. If you'll be faithful with with your end, he's faithful with his end. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to live for God. So I I just shared that because it was on my heart to share it. But we we need to understand the kingdom. There's no exceptions. We've all got to obey the rules. We've got to obey everything God gives us to obey for his glory and for our good so we can live. Amen. So we'll we'll live if we'll do what God tells us to do. So so Jesus then. So you have to defy what you see in the natural to use the faith of God. The natural is always going to be uh, a situation that we don't like because the God of this world runs it. We don't we don't quite run everything. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is the head of the church. We do what we do under his instruction. And so when we understand that and we know that about the things of the kingdom, then we can can, uh, you know, operate successfully and have the accomplishment that we want and what God wants for us as well. And so um, uh, let me see. Turn to Luke 17, because I thought this this was a good way to introduce this aspect of it. Why it's difficult sometimes for us to speak the language of God's kingdom is because his kingdom is not of this world. And so in verse 20 and 17, Luke 17, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom should come. So here's a demand that's um, opposing God's kingdom. And that has to be answered. I think we talked about how nature speaks, how all creation speaks, people speak, um, the plant world speaks, the oceans speak. And so they have to be reminded of kingdom authority. And it says when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said the kingdom of God does not come to crazy carnal people. Amen. So if you're in the flesh and you're nervous and you're wondering when it's going to happen, it ain't coming to you. You have it within you, but you, you're not releasing it. When we fret, we worry, we stress, we bottle the kingdom up. You need to learn how to release the kingdom. And that's what the all of the faith teaching has been about. It's releasing God's kingdom down here on earth as it is in heaven the kingdom of god does not come by observation in other words you can't see it he said so don't let them say over here over there behold the kingdom of god is within you in other words nobody is going to show you god's kingdom in an earthly form and he said to his disciples the day will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the son of man and you'll not see it then they'll say to you, it's here and it's there. He said, don't go after them and don't follow them. Why? Because the kingdom is within you. Amen. It's it's within all believers. The Holy Ghost is the representative of the kingdom of God down here on earth. He releases it 
he confirms it uh he is he manages the the entrance of the kingdom down here on earth and so if you want to have a a good kingdom experience make friends with the holy spirit work with him cooperate with him amen honor him all of the above and obey him and and the kingdom will work through you and you'll get the benefit of it and you'll be able to be a good faithful servant of god if you understand why you're here what you have in you and how to release it amen uh it's it's you've got to have the whole understanding of what god is doing so his kingdom is not visible it is an invisible kingdom and so we speak the language of the invisible kingdom we put our faith in the invisible kingdom we speak toward the invisible kingdom to allow it to manifest down here on earth so according to mark 11:23 you must put your faith in god can't be in you can't be in how much you confess it can't be in how many times you fast and you know all of the above it must be in god now we do these things under direction of the holy spirit in order to magnify the kingdom any time you de-emphasize the kingdom of this world you magnify the kingdom of god amen so you you magnify god's kingdom by speaking of the god of the kingdom by blessing him honoring him worshiping him this is how you magnify his kingdom you make it manifest you make it large down here on this earth so in mark 11:23 it says have faith in god for truly i say to you whosoever shall say so first of all the kingdom of god is released through words it's consistent throughout the bible nobody's willing to dispute that when you put your faith in god you have to put your faith in his word amen you just can't say well god can do anything i believe god yeah yeah i do too we all know that sinners know that but you have to know how to release the kingdom of the god who can do anything it's released through faith in his word faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god so you've got to meditate and read that bible until faith grows in you amen you just can't grab a scripture and halfway quote it and halfway know it all of that and think it's it's going to work for you that thing has to get planted in you it has to become real in you amen i remember the the only thing i really understood about god when i was a new believer was household salvation i had heard that at enough meetings and i had i used to watch the 700 club when i was housebound cuz i was just scared to go out of the house so i had to have my christian television and god would show me what to watch and when to watch it and i always enjoyed the 700 club because it was so encouraging cuz they had such good results all the time and i thought who are these people they get they get answers to prayer left and right and then i got in a women's bible study and they had uh excellent answer to prayer results and i found out these people believe what they read in the bible 
Now, I believed it till it made me feel better, but then I get back into situations and I forgot, you know what I'm saying. You just, you, you, and I realized that part of what I didn't have experience with was, was the training and how to do the word and live the word and how to speak the word continually, meditate on it continually. And so once that word starts to get grafted in you, and you meditate on it continually, this is when this works best. So you can't just grab a scripture and say, I want that, and it work for you. you got to have faith in it. Faith means you don't waver, and you believe it will happen, and you'll believe it will happen for you. Amen? And you believe God will do it for you. You have to be steadfast and immovable in it, And so I began to believe for household salvation. I believed everybody in my house, and I still do. They ain't going to hell, not not one of them. I never doubt that people. You you know, I just look at them. I say, your day is coming. I'll say it to them. But I just, you know, you know, they'd be nasty to you, come to your house and act all funny and stuff like it. It doesn't bother me one little bit. I said, God, you got such a hook in they draw. Huh? They kicking and screaming. I could care less (laughs) because it's a done deal as far as I'm concerned. It is a done deal. And so that was my first experience with what to to me was important to God kingdom wise. I think it's important that that we, we be in the arc of safety with all of our loved ones, all family members neighbors whoever else you want to drag in the ark you understand what i'm saying where whoever you love and you you want to pray for i believe god saves those people amen and so in in so from that we have faith in god god's will is that nobody go to hell so you can take that one to the bank all day long why people will will get discouraged with loved ones quit looking at them make them move out the house i mean you know give them a ticket to go on vacation something because a lot of times we get stuck in just watching stuff and watch your faith go down right with that you know ain't nobody enjoying that but the devil huh so we have to do what we have to do to preserve our faith, number one, you you got to get yourself in a place that says, I can't I can't watch this, or I can't do this, or I can't. Uh, now I'm gonna have to put my mind on something else. God, I'm gonna put my mind on there. I see him coming to church. I see him going to heaven. I see him quitting doing this. I see him, you know, just like me. If you save me, you save them. You you put yourself in a position where your meditation start to make that word alive in you. Make it real to you. You're not just quoting some scripture back to God. I thank you for saving them. I thank you for saving them. You know, you need to sit down and think what you're talking about sometimes and and think it through with God so that it begins to grow in you. So that when you observe people doing things that don't add up to salvation, you believe God anyway. You understand what I'm saying? You need to check in with God. God, what can I do to introduce your kingdom to this loved one of mine where we generally avoid contact with people 
over things of God, you need to start getting some creative ideas to include them. If you can go up to a stranger, you can talk to a family member. See, that's the old Baptist thing. Don't push. Ain't nobody pushing nothing. You understand? I'm a representative. Representatives don't push. We don't have to. God is the push in this. All you're doing is obeying him. So we need to take courage in these things. That's all I'm saying. Be courageous. Be adamant. Amen. Don't try to give them a free pass if you know they're living in sin. They ain't going nowhere like that. God's going to have to clean them up before they leave here. You understand what I'm saying? And expect that. Expect to see it. See, I know from being a prayer partner to many people who have seen their loved ones saved that it works. There have been people, kids got saved and they didn't want to believe it. And that kid was just, I said, you listen to what they're saying. I said, and get a witness in your spirit. Your kid is saved. What was that little song? Saints, don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Everybody gets weary in well-doing, honey. That's why the Bible tells you not to. But see, that's why God puts you in a ministry with prayer partners. Not for you to gossip about people. But for you to hold each other up in prayer. Because when you get weary, you got a partner that's holding your end up. Can you do that for me? Thanks. <laughs> My gripper didn't grip. I said, why, why is that water not open? Oh, thanks, Alicia. I was going to say it's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> But that's the invisible kingdom. It's working when you think it's not working. Huh? And it's a blessing because you don't have to watch everything every all the time. You don't have to be nervous about people. and It works. Amen? It just works. So, so this, is, this is how we live in this kingdom, this invisible kingdom. We, we confront what we see down here that doesn't line up with kingdom with the word of God. And you keep infusing the word into that situation and keep believing that that yoke is going to break and the devil's going to quit. He's going to let everybody go. He's not taking anybody to hell. See, many times the intercessors got to get the doubt out of them. Because you get an attitude about people, you see them cutting up, acting up, just like you used to do before you uh, okay. got all saved and everything. Yeah. Kingdom faith is now. When Jesus touched everybody, he expected now results. And he got them. Amen. He got them. In some situations... It was an hour. Remember that? Immediately or one hour. Within the hour they began to amend. But he brought, he confronted everything with now. Amen. 
when he cursed the fig tree in Mark 11:22, it was a now occurrence. Amen. And so he says, have faith in God. When you have faith in God, what you say will come to pass if you don't doubt in your heart. Amen. You have to quit doubting in your heart. He says, if you tell a mountain to get up and move, it will happen. Amen. If you put your faith in God. So God has to consent to it, has to be partner in it, and it has to line up with his word. And you have to have a confidence, a faith confidence on the inside of you that it will happen. Now, are you going to be confident 24 hours of every day? Probably not. Because you sit and watch stuff that's not kingdom stuff all day long. We all do. We observe things that are not kingdom things all day long. We all do. And so we have to get to the point where we feed more on the invisible than we do on the visible. You have to put less confidence in the visible because you want to see it change. Amen. And so when people begin to get healed, I was speaking with a friend of mine who's diagnosed with a chronic disease. And he uh, he took he challenged himself. It's been a few months ago now, probably a little over six months ago, that he would um, just feed on the word continually. Start reading the word, word on tape word on administering the word so and he said recently god has given him dreams about himself moving again and he said when he follows through on that dream he finds he can get up and move and it will take root see this is how it and it's different for everybody but he has been uh, uh, uh in a wheelchair and needing assistance all of the above But he says recently God has had him get up and move independently on his own. And he says he dreams more and more and more about him. And this is how God is building his faith and his confidence for the change that's taking place in him. And so sometimes we can get little understandings of these things. I thank God for that because then that helps him ministering to other people. See, it's 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 like that. But but that's the price he felt he had to pay to get his faith to where it was going to be real active in him and he would get up and move. And so he's doing that. I thank God for those. And I thank God he's willing to share it with people as he goes, you know, so that's this is a good thing. So um, but anyway, so we can't doubt in our heart. And that's where we've got to protect. You got to guard your heart. Don't let anger, animosity, bad attitude about anything or anybody, only what's good, pure, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy, meditate on those things. And and when you meditate on something, that means you like it and you want to hold on to it, right? So the things that we hold in our memory are the things that will come to pass. Amen. Um, If you're believing God for increase. I don't care what it is, financial, material, whatever. Keep that in your heart. Don't just visit that periodically. You know, you you have to really meditate. Keep it in there on purpose. God, I thank you. I'm still believing you for whatever. And I have it now. See, I've received it now. And and do do the things that will cause your faith to increase and your confidence in God to increase. And you begin to protect and preserve what God has put in you. Many times we push out what 
what God's word says about something. Um, it just as a matter of routine, you know, it's you can get into a habit of just not even wasting your time believing certain things. They just seem too outrageous to see the human mind is made like that. See, things that are big, too big for you, your carnal mind will reject those things just out of habit because your carnal mind's accustomed to failure. You know, if you you see, uh, you know, a, a, a bank account over a million dollars, you know, you don't pay any attention to that. You know, outside of God's kingdom. But if God shows you that and he tells you, I can get you there, then you need to start studying and meditating on it. Amen. And one day ask God how I'm going to get there. I ain't good at robbing nobody. And I can't even count that high. You understand what I'm saying? But begin to have your dialogue with God. You know, let him speak to you about these things and let your faith grow. You know, find you some scriptures. I, You know, God can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And one day God will just drop an idea. Why wouldn't he drop an idea on you? He's dropping them on other people. Amen. And so he'll drop an idea on you because he sees you. He's got your attention now. You know, this one, will, he'll do it for me. Amen. And so these are, are the ways that we we increase our faith and allow our faith to grow. See, you you got to let that grow. you got to let it be more than what it is. Amen. Um, and let God begin to discipline you and hone you and show you all of the things that are necessary to get there where he wants to take you. So when Jesus walked the earth, he continually confronted or or defied. Amen. The status quo with now faith. That's that's the defier. What defies it is says it is here now. The devil hates that. Amen. It is here now. Amen. And so Jesus expected now every time he spoke it. Amen. Sometimes people would be slow in receiving. You'll see where people he worked with people a little bit to get them to where they needed to be so that they could receive now because they wanted it now. But your soul gets gets uh, accustomed to waiting for everything. Amen. Jesus will give you the faith for now. You get excited about it and then your mind will convince you uh, put it on the slow boat. Take it off the fast boat, put it on the slow boat. Amen. And and that's where we have to continually feed on the word. You and, and your confession will help you here because you'll hear yourself say now and you'll know what it feels like to get excited about now. Amen. And that's what God wants us to live in the excitement of now. Suppose it don't happen now. It's going to happen now at some time. See, the fact that it didn't happen just yet, that, that has nothing to do with you expecting it. Huh? Amen? It's There's a due season for everything. Amen? You know, when, when women have babies, you don't carry them 22 months like an elephant. That baby is born in nine months, pretty much generally close to it. Huh? Doctors want to guess and... Well, the doctor said, I don't care what he said, that baby coming when that baby do. 
I guarantee you that. Am I right, Poppy? That's right. You can't slow it down. You, you can try to speed it up if you want to. Amen. But they come when they're due. God gets us accustomed to yielding to due season through a lot of little experiences in life. Amen. This, you know, it's just a fact of life. And so once it's on track to, for a date, you can't alter that. Amen. So God knows when everything that you're believing him for is going to show up. He knows exactly when. And he let him decide, let him determine that's so much better than fretting and carrying on and threatening to quit and you ain't doing nothing. I'm thinking God saying, quit what? You ain't doing nothing. Huh? Trying to bug me about it. Amen. Everybody's like that. You ever see, you see these people, the world is going to come to an end. They set a date on it and get a bunch of other people believe in them and the bible says no man knows the day or the hour but they think that's a lie you know oh god told me something different i said well yeah that's okay we've had a lot of them dates come and go and nothing happened remember all the stuff about y2k when it was going all the christians prophesying about it i said these people is nuts let me go crawl up in my bible and don't see that's a good season to go get Get with the word and get with God and just stay there till this blows over. Because we've seen this before. So you can't rush the season. There is a due season for every manifestation. Amen. There is a due season. But you must have your faith lined up properly and get the proper expression of faith, which is now. Hebrews 11 one says now faith is the substance of things hoped for so there is a now substance to your faith and evidence of things not seen so god has not got you in a wish mode for what you want he gives you faith which is substance and evidence so you know it's real it exists somewhere right now everything that we are believing god for is alive and existing somewhere right now in the invisible realm of his kingdom and the way you know that is that your faith won't let you quit your faith has a substance to it it's like when you own something amen that ownership of it if it's tangible and you can see it you won't ignore it and try and leave it behind amen you you will um take care of it you'll feel responsible for it you know it's real amen so you just don't walk off and leave it and don't uh act like it's just a make-believe thing it's it's a real thing and that's what faith does for us because sometimes you'll get up and you'll say oh god i I forgot to pray today i want to thank you for my so-and-so that i have right now i've received it right now see that substance reminded you that it was real so we're not pretending here we're not make-believing we're not in denial we're talking about real stuff amen that that abides in the kingdom and resides there and and god does it and, and releases it to us in the right season amen seasons have to do with conditions 
It has to do with viability. There's so many things that determine a season. It's best not to even try to figure it out. Amen. And the Bible talked about when the seed is sown, it grows. We don't know how. So quit trying to figure out when and what and what's going on now in the kingdom. And you don't know. Just go to bed somewhere, you know. Rest your little nerve and quit bugging God about it because he knows when it's when it's due. Everybody wants everything immediately. And there's nothing wrong with it. Huh? Amen. But see, your wants can hurt you. So it's best to release that to God and say, God, I trust you. See, when you get in the want situation, you're out of his will. You know, seriously, when you when it presses on your mind and you don't know why you don't have it yet and all of that kind of stuff, it, it's it, you have to release that to God and just say, God, I trust you. I've received it already. What am I talking about? Where is it? I got it inside of me. It's in, it's in the kingdom within. Amen. I have it in here by faith. So my job is to protect my faith and not let it go. Protect my faith with the word. Let me go get in my word some more and quit bugging you and quit thinking negative and quit thinking about where is it and all of that. Amen. And sometimes you can go to God and, and say, God, well, is there something that I can do to strengthen my faith so I don't worry and I'm not fretful and all of that? And God will give you things. You know, he'll just give you a scripture. He'll give you um uh, like I was, I'm believing God for, and I've received for my dog for new eyes for her because she has a tear duct blockage and has caused her eyes to, to be distorted and bulged. She still sees, praise God. I thank God. I speak the word over her. I said, thank you, Lord. Her path is a shining light. It grows brighter and brighter into the perfect day. She sees better and better every day. And so you, you have to do these things, but I woke up one day and God said, I've got a gift for Coco. And I said, oh, okay. He said, what is it? He said, she has her new eyes now. And so I changed my confession. I said, she has her new eyes now. And so I say that continually. You understand what I'm saying? And see, if if you go and look for it and you don't see it and you don't change your confession, you miss the whole, you miss the whole thing. And I was not disappointed. I knew I pretty much knew there wouldn't be any visible change. But that was my instruction for how to gear my expectation. Amen. To get over in the realm where his faith is. And so God will give you a little presence like that to help you out. Amen. He's an awesome God. I know I was looking for something. I said, God, I just want to be able to find enough stuff in my house to get dressed for church. And not look like something thrown together, you know, unless that's, that's the look you want me to have, but I know it's not, but, but I, I was looking for this one box because I knew I could remember how everything was packaged and everything. And I was looking for this one box and for some reason I kept overlooking it. It was right there. And then finally last night about 11 o'clock, I found the box. I said, God, I can go in there and stink like they don't like me to smell when they come in. I know what y'all think about my my uh, old parfum. 
But I said, I can go in there stinking like Barb tomorrow. Yay! That was the last little piece I had to put together. So, But God, he's so faithful. He is so faithful. Now, I could have wore any kind of perfume, but that wouldn't have been me. That would have been somebody else stepping in here. I'm sure it would have been very nice, but he cares about you being you, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he cares. So we don't, you know, I mean, the little things, there's are small things, but, you know, they're kind of big to us sometimes. So, But anyway, um, so have faith in God. Put your faith in him. Meditate, feed on the word. Look for God to give you things that will be helpful in your um, um, your your meditation. That'll be helpful in the way that you uh, expect things to happen. You're expecting in your spirit, and your spirit man is never disappointed. Now, some people will say, "Well, I I was saying now, and it didn't happen." See, that's your carnal man expecting it. He heard that too. So you got to make sure you keep everything in the kingdom. See, see, when you're hoping God, you'll never be confounded. You'll never be disappointed. You'll never be embarrassed. You'll never be shamed. Your hope is in him. You know, the, the biggest thing you can do is back yourself out of it. You know, forget about you. God, I'm on assignment. I'm expecting you to do this. I am fully persuaded that what you promise, you're able to perform and you will perform it and you'll do it for me because you love me. And I thank you that I'll have to do anything except believe you and obey you. And, and it's mine. Amen. Amen. And when I mess up, I confess I mess up. You forgive me and we start all over again. So I'm going to quit talking about my negatives, my faults, my this, my that, and I'm going to expect you to come through for me amen so um let me think now faith now faith now faith where do we i think i want to go to bartimaeus in mark chapter 10 because here's uh, a it's kind of like bartimaeus and jesus kind of get in agreement in defying the natural realm amen um uh in Mark chapter ten and verse I think it's in the forties here somewhere. Oh okay, yeah, forty six. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, amen. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now, when the word of God comes into your heart, see, he heard that it was Jesus. So no doubt he had some familiarity with Jesus' ministry. He he had to shift his attention, his focus, and his expectation. That's what faith in God does for us. When you get the word of healing on the inside of you and you realize that God is telling you that you're healed, you have to shift your focus from the natural problems, how it feels, how it looks, 
how long it's been. You have to shift it from your natural understanding. Now, listen, Bartimaeus couldn't couldn't live without begging. Many times you're going to have to give up your pet thing that you've been depending on to get what you need from God. I'm going to say it again. See, many times we don't realize that you have to focus, shift your focus from from natural kingdom to spiritual, to the invisible kingdom. So what we see Bartimaeus doing here, now he's got a livelihood begging, folks. He has to stay in a certain character and a certain frame of mind even to get something from somebody or to appeal to somebody. And so he's like, he's like in beggar's character. Sir, sir, kind sir, please sir, kind sir. What's going to break him out of that? Something better. So he hears about something better. See, he, it, it, sometimes it happens like this. You might hear a scripture over and over and over again. I know that scripture. I'm familiar. You may even have used it and it come to pass for you and helped you to do some stuff. But there may come a time where you hear that in a whole new vein and it begins to quicken a whole new life on the inside of you. See, a, 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 a word is like that. A word is a seed. It's, you peel more layers off of that. That bad boy grows and grows and grows in you. That's why Jesus said it becomes a big tree. A mustard seed becomes a big tree, and it gets so big you can help other people. Other people come and lodge in your shade. Amen? And so it, I'm going to tell you the problem with a lot of people with ministry. They don't have enough growth in them for nobody to lodge in their shade. If you want to go out and preach so you can be somebody, you ain't shading nobody. And I ain't throwing shade on nobody. But shade is shade. When the qualifications for leaders, husband of one wife, they tell you what you're supposed to be living like in the Bible. We want to make an exception to everything. You got to have enough growth in you. You can't be looking for you all the time. These people who quit because they don't make enough money, go do something else. We don't need you. This king, this ain't a money kingdom. Say it again. Mammon is of the world, folks. This ain't no money kingdom. Do you realize how much wealth God has inside of us if we release it sometimes the right way? Your gift makes room for you. And I don't apologize for it. No apologies. <laughs> I'm a gift. Let's get with it. Huh? That's it. As such as I have, I give you. That's all I got. Anybody don't want it, bless you anyway. But we just moving on here. So so Jesus defies this defiant faith. It's got to it's got to oppose something, folks. It can't just be going along with everything you think you go get there. You there's something that's gonna jump up and try to make you stop. Amen. When you're you're in faith with God, and so 
here Jesus has this encounter with Bartimaeus. He's been begging, but somehow that drops off of him when he hears about Jesus. Amen. He heard Jesus was right there in his midst. He'd probably been meditating. Ooh, I wish I could get to a Jesus meeting. I bet if I could get there, that man would think he would give me my eyes back. I think if I, if he, and then finally it, it happens. There's a meeting. And so it says here, he sat by the highway side begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he dropped immediately the beggar attitude. He began to cry out. Instead of using that pity voice, please, sir, please, sir, you skinny, is it good? Arms, he said, wait, wait a minute. Huh? Spirit man. See, your spirit man is engaged in a different way than your soul is. Amen. His spirit man caught on. And, and, and this, all of this, he began to get more engaged in his spirit. Once your spirit lets that first seed out, that bad boy grows and you keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Now, you may have some days where you think, I don't know, I've been doing good. I've been doing this. I'm, but there's your spirit man is still got the next step for you waiting. Amen. There's always a next step and a next step and a next step. And so he says he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, all you people that keep kicking dirt on me and treating me bad, I don't need y'all. So you turn your back on what you used to depend on, and now you're totally focused on getting God's attention, and you want it now because you're going to get what you need now, and you're believing for now. Amen? And don't let your mind rob you of your now faith. Amen? Keep expressing your now faith because as you speak it, it grows to more now. Amen? And so it says here, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Now, Jesus, we have his attention anytime we speak his word. Amen. He's standing still in us now. When you say I have my my blessing now, I've received it now. This is mine now. Devil, you can't have it. You got to move because this is mine now. Get up off my money, devil. It's mine now. Amen. And you spend a good little amount of time telling him, putting him in his place so he don't quit, keep following you and bugging you. Amen. Because he will try to block your vision of what God has for you. Amen. And so we have to stay engaged in our faith in the now. You feel better. Your spirit feels better. You feel more energized. You feel more hopeful. You feel more encouraged when you express now faith. When you find your mind wandering, you start worrying about it, wonder when, and all this kind of stuff, and what's holding it up. And I, 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 stop it. mine now. I have it now. Caught you, mind. Come back here and do what you suppose. Obey me now. That's mine now. I have it now. And so he see when Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called 
and they called him saying be of good comfort he's he's calling you now there's another instance i read i rather have that other one i'm not sure why i didn't get that one let me try matthew 20 because that that gives us a better understanding of how you have to wrestle and defy opposition in order to get what god has for you let me see if it's in matthew 20 No, that's not the Bartimaeus one. Let me see. I hope it's a, it's got to be Luke 18, maybe. Mark and Luke 18. Yeah, thank you. Luke. Luke 18. Okay, here it is. 18 and verse 35. It came to pass as he was come near to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the highway side begging. Now, being outside of this city is very important. Jericho wasn't a cursed city. That meant nothing good could happen there. Atmosphere's tight. You know, it's hard to preach. I mean, Jesus had the spirit without measure, but he was limited in what people could receive when they heard him. So he's outside of the place. Amen. Don't ever argue with God about where he wants you to meet people or pray for people or anything like that. You know, when the unction's there, you you roll with it. Amen. You may have a pretty place in mind, but God have you pray for somebody under a bridge. Amen. Amen. Pretty place may not get here. And he says, he was come near to Jericho, certain blind men sat by the highway side begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. So, even now there's beginning a shift in his focus away from begging. So you've got to have that. You've got to get away from wondering where, you're feeling sorry for yourself. I wish I could do this. All that kind of stuff, you've got to put that aside. Amen. Don't pick up them toys no more. And he says, hearing the multitude, he asked what it meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, passing, coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Just like the word that we hear. That's Jesus passing by. You better grab onto it. Amen. Don't let him pass you by. You grab. And he cried, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on them. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. Here's this defiance coming again. They told him to shut up, and he, his faith defied what they were saying. They were used to pushing him around because he was blind. That's just the way people are, honey. People don't, they don't just get up and start doing stuff for you because you have a need. And it says, and, and they rebuked him that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much more. He got louder than they got loud. Amen. This is unheard of for somebody who begs from people. You got to make friends with everybody. You can't afford to antagonize anybody. What you going to talk back to somebody for and you think you might have to ask them for money the next day. But he already had stepped out of himself. He stepped into the spirit. 
he stepped into the kingdom. He sees the door of the kingdom swinging open for him, and he steps into it. And it says here, he said, Jesus Christ, so much more. He defied the defiers. You got to defy your physical condition. You got to defy the bankers. You got to defy the naysayers. You got to defy the delay. You got to defy everything. You can't afford to wait for anything. Your faith don't wait. Your faith wants now. Amen. He cried saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on them. And he said it again. And Jesus stood. He didn't stand the first time, did he? He stood the second time. If he hadn't stood the second time, you got to have the courage of your conviction to say it a third time and keep saying it. He commanded him to be brought to him. Why? Because he finally heard faith in him. Faith that wouldn't quit. That's what gets it. Everybody has casual faith. Well, if it just jumps up here at me, I guess I'll take it home. Are you willing to defy your attitude about it, your casual attitude? Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. When he was come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. See, the faith that he had on the screaming got God's attention. He got to get specific now. Come on, y'all. See, the, the, have mercy on us. That's like saying, oh, I believe God can do anything. God can do anything but fail. Like uh, Martha, when Jesus came and was getting ready to get her brother up out the tomb, he said, do you believe this? Oh, I believe he'll rise on the last day when everybody, general faith. You can't get healed on general faith. You get healed on specific faith. Amen. Don't call the dog if you want the cat. Don't be ashamed to say what you need. You know what gets us defeated mostly is shame because we think what's going to happen if it doesn't happen. Well, it's going to happen. Your faith will make it happen. There's no shame in this game. No self-consciousness. No what are people going to say? What are they going to think? You don't care what people think. You care what happens to you right about now. You understand what I'm saying? People go always have something to say about anything. Look at all the experts in science that are loose in the world now. I ain't throwing no shade on Fauci. I, you know, let's, I'm talking about everybody is expert. I'm following the science. I'm thinking you dropped out of ninth grade, following girls and never got none. Am I right, Poppy? He wasn't even good at that, was he? See? <laughs> I'm following nothing. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do? He said, my sight. You have to target your faith on what you want. Amen? Don't say you want to feel better. Say you want to be healed. You want that disease out of your body. Amen? It, I mean, if that's what you want. You need to want to be healed. Amen. A lot of times people just want to feel better. They want to, you know, get something to take the pain away, et cetera, et cetera. 
He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. I believe you can help me to receive my sight. I believe you can fix my eyes. I believe you have sight for me. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Just like that. Just saying what you want that has enough faith on it. See, if your faith hit that wall and the wall told it to shut up and you hit the wall again and that yoke broke. That yoke that was holding his faith in broke right there in front of Jesus. And then Jesus said, wait a minute, tell him to come up here. He's ready. Amen. See, when people are ready, there's an anointing to meet the ready. Amen. And so he said, he's ready. Let him come on up here. Amen. He said, receive your sight. Why? Your faith did this. Your faith saved you. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. When God does something, everybody knows it, folks. God makes it known. Amen. You'll get a witness in your spirit. You'll get joy. You, 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 it causes more people to enter into faith. Amen. Because they saw what happened to this man who had been a blind beggar. Amen. And, and he was able to overcome this because of his faith, which he was able to release because his faith was ready to defy. I don't care if you have a mustard seed. That mustard seed is ready to defy a mountain if you'll release it. And if you won't doubt in your heart and continue to release it. Faith is not something you try and then you think about it for a while and decide it doesn't work. You've got to continue in the faith, the Bible says. You've got to continue to do what you do. In Luke chapter 11, we see another example. This lady in the synagogue, Jesus had to fight the religious tradition of the day in order to get her healed. Amen. These people have faith because they're looking to God to help them. Amen. That's, that's the simplest faith that there is. Just a basic looking to God for what it is that you you need and you want. So Luke chapter 11 and verse 8 a minute. Sorry about that. Luke 11 I thought it was in 13. <laughs> I got this written down wrong. Sorry about that. It's the woman that was um, bowed over, and she was in. It's healing on the Sabbath. If that's how did I get this messed up? Hang on, let me see if it's Mark. Who? Thirteen. Like I said. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we'll go to Luke chapter 13. Yeah, in verse 10, he was teaching in in one of the synagogues, synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Now, as he's teaching, what's happening? 
faith is going out. Yeah. People are hearing the word of faith. So it's no surprise to him that somebody's got enough faith to be healed in this meeting. See, many times people look at when Jesus does things and it doesn't look like anybody's asking and it doesn't look doesn't look like any faith is going on. But he can't change his word. That faith has to have God. Just like the man at the pool, 38 years, who'd have thunk it? But he believed at some point, 38 years was his due season. You got me? And so we have to, you can't look at it in one capsule and see everything. But you got to understand that you, God's kingdom works on faith. You've got to believe God. And we believe God. Amen. So we have to keep our faith released at all times. So here he's teaching in the synagogue, 13 verse 10, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman within a spirit field of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and couldn't in any way stretch herself up. So she either had some kind of bone disease, muscle disease, some kind of contracture that had fixed her body in that place because she couldn't move it up sometimes people uh, you know are bent over a little more for comfort than anything else and they're they're movable you know what i'm saying but she was not and he said when jesus saw her he called to her and said to her woman you are loose from your infirmity now he no doubt saw faith on her because it couldn't have happened without her cooperating with it in faith and he laid his hands on her transferring the anointing and immediately confronting the situation with defiant faith he defies what's gripped her body because she has faith that gives him permission to release the anointing into her body and immediately she was made straight and glorified god and the ruler of the synagogue was indignant because he healed on the sabbath day And he said to the people, now he gets up and preaches his little unbelief, critique. There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Well, this lady been coming there how many years at least? Eighteen years. It's been a lot of Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturdays. And he's. Nobody's healed her yet. But when Jesus comes in with the message of the kingdom and releases the kingdom in her ears, she gets faith to obey the next instruction that comes along. And he sees that she's ready. Amen. This is the whole thing. Faith makes you ready to receive now. Amen. Faith makes you ready to receive now. Amen. Faith makes you ready to receive now. And so this is the whole thing. The kingdom is either going to manifest now or you got to get your faith in gear for it to happen now. Amen. We can put this off forever, but it's got to happen in you now. The kingdom is ready to release everything that you need right now. And he said, Jesus answered the Pharisee back. And said, you hypocrite. Amen. Hmm. Why is he a hypocrite? Because he's saying one thing and doing another. 
Amen. You see, when you go home and one of your animals falls in, you don't care what day of the week it is. You're going to go in and rescue it. He said, shouldn't this woman, she's a daughter of Abraham. She ought to be healed by now. In other words, if you was going to do something for her, you'd have done it by now. Amen. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he heard these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. Amen. That's a good way to shame the devil. Manifest God's kingdom. Amen. It's a good way to put the devil in his place. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. One of the things that God does when he manifests the kingdom is he increases the faith of other people. So a lot of times you're you're healing the manifestation, whatever it is that that is happening in your life for God's glory happens at a season where God wants it to manifest so that others can can get the benefit of it. Amen. They will at some point anyway. But God wanted that day to demonstrate that if you would grab on to this teaching, see it's all connected. Jesus is teaching and faith is going out. And this lady has faith to be healed and he knows it. And so he tells her and he lays hands on her. And immediately she's made straight. Amen. She gets up and glorifies God. And so does. other. In other words, this is one way to tab the church. You don't have to have the choir to sing everybody. huh? You just preach faith. And God says somebody's ready. And they come up, get hands laid on them because they're ready. Amen. And, and then, then it manifests. And, and that's a good thing. That's what God wants to do. He wants his kingdom to come in and defy what's opposing the kingdom he always wants that to happen so god puts that defiant thing in us where we said nope i'm not accepting this yep i'm not going to accept it this is not for me this is not i don't see this in god's word for anybody ever and so i'm not receiving it i'm not satisfied i'm going to get the whole thing now it's mine now there's no reason i should wait any longer it's mine now Amen. And get waiting out of your mind. Amen. And get now into there. That's when God wants to manifest his kingdom is now. He he wanted manifested before Calvary. That's why we always had healing covenants with God. We always had prosperity covenants with God. We always had that. Because God wants us to live in his reality now. He wants everybody to have days of heaven down here on earth. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for blessing us to know your word. Father, your word is so powerful. There is no word of yours that is void of power. It's all powerful. So we thank you, Lord, for the power that is in your holy word. We bless you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.
Pray for people on the internet. Receive your healing. Receive whatever you need. The glory of God. All the riches are in glory. Everything you need are in the glory of God. I release his glory to you right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the glory of God in Jesus' name. church today. Amen. We don't need no stinking video today. We got the preacher in the house. Oh yeah, we don't need no stinking preacher either. 
Jesus is in the house. Amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. I thank you, Father. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, it's so decreed. Amen. Woo! Amen. <laughs>